Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Six pounds, pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the she in infection. <laughs> yep. Wow. Delicious. Um, it <laughs> took us three years after infection. a pandemic to come up with that one. I know. Someone out there is like, you guys did this one the other day. Shut up. That wouldn't surprise me at a all. Part of me. the game is that we are allowed to just forget. <laughs> yes. If you think I'm not allowed to forget, you haven't been around here very long. <laughs> my name is Summer Yeager. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And Joy, um, I have a funny story that leads to a follow-up question for you, which oh, okay. is Eric has a grandfather. And, uh, you know, I have nothing but good things to say about him. Every interaction I've had with him, he's pleasant. Every person that has something to say about him, it's like, no one has a bad word to say about him. He obviously had like an amazing career, smart, and he's like still just nice to be around. Good guy. Okay. What a life. Yeah. Right. Like he's a real stand up guy. I don't, I've never heard a bad word. No one has ever uttered mm. a negative, not even like a, oh, grandpa was unpleasant. Like no one, I've never heard anyone say anything even approaching that. Right. Okay. Just like genuinely nice guy. And this is one of my favorite things about him, which I just discovered the other day, which is that, and I want to like really undergird that this is like a smart guy. Like, I'm not going to go into what his career was, but like, he's a smart guy. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> whenever he goes to say something about or to Clementine, my daughter, Clementine, mm -hmm. the first word that comes out of his mouth is kumquat. <laughs> And then he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Clementine. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. And I just, I didn't know. <laughs> so I just found out the other day that he has a really hard time remembering that her, her or is name it is a bit? Clementine, not, no. Like, he's so <laughs> genuine and nice that he's just like, no, oh, no, 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 no. Clementine. Well, he, it's like a journey. Every He's taking this journey every, <laughs> every time. time. And then yes. at, the, at the end of it, he's like, oh, she didn't name her kumquat. kumquat. And here's Clement, so much better. Here's what wow, I'm, I'm in a good mood now. <laughs> so when I'm relayed the story, what I'm like way too embarrassed to say is, "What on earth is a kumquat?" Oh, it must be some kind of fruit. It's a little. I'm like, assuming it's a tiny little citrus. Oh, it almost looks like a grape and an orange had a baby, and okay. you just like pop the whole thing in your mouth. Though you don't, it has no, really like, soft flesh. Okay. So it um or skin. Um so yeah, it's Yeah, don't ever say that. That was weird. <laughs> it's flesh. Well, it's the, I corrected myself cuz <laughs> the inside is the flesh. Ew. The outside is the skin. <sighs> so I didn't even correct myself for the reason you wanted me to, <laughs> which I don't appreciate. <laughs> but yeah, so you just like it looks like a little orange grape that you just like Clementine is a little orange grape, little, I guess. Little I just I'm so I 
I laughed when it's I heard the tiniest story. version of the orange. Yeah, I'm pretty well, sure. Well, that works for Clementine, but it, I mean, how funny. And now I'm just like, where do you buy these? Where do you even find these? I, is this like in your average grocery store? No. No. I would say not, but maybe like sprouts when they're in season or something. Yeah. Um, or a Whole Foods type of situation. They're a. Not me. Yeah. The littler the fruits get, the bougier. Anyway. They are. But I do, I do, um, I just had this idea of like the type of woman that would name her child Kumquat. It seems like it would be someone named Summer, to be honest. Oh, yeah. But also, all her other kids would have to have really interesting names. <laughs> names. Yeah. Got like Harley over there and Dandelion Pomegranate, over there. Come here. <laughs> yeah. But kumquat. And I was like, you know, I do know someone who will know what that is. I once had someone randomly. <laughs> I mean, for all I know, she's listening right now because <laughs> I don't know who it was. But I was going through a really rough time. And this person dropped off a jicama. <laughs> oh, yes. And I was like, I don't know. What is I this? thought she was handing me a potato. Right. And what I thought was happening was... This horrible tragedy has struck, and this woman from my church showed up on my doorstep to give me a potato, <laughs> which was just really... A large potato. I was like, oh, oh, thank you. I mean, what do you do? You cook it, I guess, <laughs> is what you do. You cook I it. I mean, all the, all the widow had was the two, two mites. <laughs> I had no idea what a jicama was. Danny had to come over and tell me what it was, and then she was she made me try it. You just kept like looking She's at just, it yeah. on your counter, <laughs> just sitting there, and I was like, I don't. Did it just move? This is a weird looking potato. <laughs> I think I don't know. I think it just winked at me. Yeah. So anyway, um, I knew you'd know about weird food items. Yeah. Barley, barley. That's right. Which... We're a week late. <laughs> uh, potentially two, depending on how you think of it. What my husband put in. <laughs> The soup was barley. We're so glad that you guys are all here for this long conversation <laughs> that never ends. That's that's our that's friendship. What, that's so. what theologians. <laughs> we got out of a car today, and and someone else was here, and we just kept talking about yep. whatever tragic. You're thing. like hello, and then we <laughs> talked <laughs> about <laughs> the state of the world. Just rolling up. It's lunchtime. Philosophy. <laughs> trauma counselors we can't stop we can't stop <laughs> anyway that was my um you know my i don't think we've not come quad i don't think we've done this in a, in a few weeks but i'm joy <laughs> and i'm here with my beautiful ghost summer we used to do this thing yeah. where we would introduce each other we did and then the last few times i think it's really well and then it really it really rolled into something else where for a while uh I would pick a movie plot. Like, hey, uh, we did this for a long time, actually. I'd be like, my name is Summer. I'm here with my, my beautiful host, Joy. And Joy, I just want you to know that um, if you were a toy cowboy and I was a toy astronaut, that I would not push you out of a moving vehicle. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, we would do, we did that. For a long time. That's right. I do remember our uh, Parks and Rec-esque 
complimenting. We did have a, yeah. This is if you were a blah era. blah blah, then this is what yeah. I yeah yeah uh-huh, that was. And then there was a the thing you have to know about summer is oh yeah we've had a, quite a few little things that we've gone through. Oh, and man. now we're in the era of just what funny thing happened to me this week, and I'm going to yeah, tell you. And about I'm going to tell you about it. I'm um, a, yeah. That's my daughter. What's yours. My funny thing is that this morning, my daughter <laughs> was talking about an interaction between her and her little friend and she said the word and each other oh <laughs> and each other and each other what she meant was like each other yeah but she said and, and each other. other yeah and it was just such a little sweet that's so cute just... Danny just stop saying each other <laughs> I just love it <laughs> like what I mean each other should we be surprised because she quite literally inserted a a a C into the word <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know, this, like, any each other, each other, anyone, I don't know. I just liked it. And we play that game at the beginning of every uh, episode where we just, like, put words into other words. Um, So we, of all people, should really anticipate that. It's like our legacy. uh, Let's see. On our January 3rd, I have my notes from, let's see, January 13th, 2018, I said, I want you to know that if we were going to take over the world every night, you would be the brain. I would be pinky. Uh, I don't know if that's true. (laughs) Joy, this is written in my notes. Joy. (laughs) Oh, no. I want you to know. I haven't finished the rest of the sentence, so we're going to go on this together. I want you to know that if we were plunged into water that was several degrees below freezing, I would find a piece of driftwood large enough for both of us to float on and hopefully survive. (laughs) Or at least let me try to get on the large piece you're already on. (laughs) Man, I got to go back too. Oh, here we go. February 20th. If you wanted to eat animal fries at midnight, I would buy some for you. (laughs) Wow. Wow. This is um, a friendship unraveling right here. We have like, well, you, yeah, I mean, I guess, man, wow. we have. I've really scrolled back far. My Evernote is quite, it's just, uh, oh, we put the her in herpetology. <laughs> yeah, this was our, this, and then this gets into our compliment phase. I really like that I can tell you to order food for us and I don't have to tell you what I want. <laughs> <laughs> man, um, why don't my notes go back that far? I have a note here called my dog is fat. <laughs> that just makes me think of that fat fish is my mom. <laughs> that fat fish is mom. Uh, oh, I thought about this the other day. You're the only person that what I'm speaking with, I regular I regularly think I'm actually I actually already told this to my husband. I'm just like get you two confused. <laughs> anyway, um yeah, I have a lot of I have every note for every episode we've done here is it being, since are they being kept in Evernote? Since 2017, yeah. <laughs> every note in every Evernote. Every note in Evernote. Mine don't go back that far. Do you not pay for Evernote? Because I do. Oh, I don't. <laughs> that's why. It goes back to January 2019. But that's with searching sheologians. Ce- Can I talk? Sheologians. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I bet if I just tried to go back even further... That would be fun. Maybe we should just like go through our old notes. Yeah. And just see if we can have something interesting. Okay. I mean, something interesting. I I know know. it's there. 
Have we said anything interesting? I don't know. Hopefully. Uh, you guys can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. Hopefully Please. we'll do that today. Yeah. Hopefully we'll say something interesting today. That's my goal. I'm going to try. Um, join our book club. It's We read a book and then we talk about it every week with a bunch of other Christian women from all over the world. They're really fun and interesting and a nice group of gals. And we do that at patreon.com slash sheologians. And that is also how you can support the show. And we are going to be reading Thoughts for Young Men by J.C. Ryle. You can grab a PDF, Kindle, hard copy. It's going to be a quick read. And if you know a dude, if there's a dude in your life, we think this book will be helpful. And True. we have really enjoyed it. Uh, let's see. Do you have to tell me anything else? Nope. Oh, we have a sh- we have a store. The other day, my friend saw I was wearing our feminism is poison shirt, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Where did you get that?" And I was like, "Excuse me, <laughs> we made it." Hi, <laughs> uh, shopsheologians.com uh, is where did you- I get my cool shirt? Where did I get my? Let me tell you. Let me tell you all about it. Um. <clears throat> anyway, so <sighs> I can't stop thinking about wanting to try a kumquat. Maybe we have time to go to Sprouts today. Yeah. I um I feel like I know you pretty well. Would I I don't I wouldn't like it. Okay. Well, I don't want it anymore. That's I mean, all you had to say. <laughs> you do surprise me. I'm not gonna go ahead and say that I know everything about you. I have some surprises. But I do feel like I I can imagine the face that you'd make while eating it. And it's probably enough. Said. I mean I don't wanna I don't wanna, you know. Like what? be a wet blanket. But... Yeah, no, no, no. Um, I hate kiwis. <laughs> okay. I don't like mangoes. You, what? I don't like mangoes. Don't I like, like them mangoes. on there. I make this uh, Korean barbecue chicken taco with mango on top. Yeah, and I like it that there. That's delicious. I like it on that, but that's about the only time. You don't just like a nice piece of mango. The texture is so weird and okay. horrible to me. Okay. I am not into it at all. Okay. So no. Yeah, it's kind of like fibrous, but <sighs> squishy. Uh-huh. It's too slimy for me. Oh, I love mangoes. Not a but mango. they are hard to cut because they're, they're hard slippery. To cut. Those things will slip right out of I your hand. I don't like cutting them. I don't. En- I don't enjoy any. It's of It's lots of processing time. Yes, I also don't like that. So, so I ew. just get the frozen mango from Costco. That is is a good choice. Okay. Yeah, actually, well, <laughs> I'll keep. I'll save my thoughts. Okay. We like to do that to you guys here. Now, do you want to know what I was thinking? Well, <laughs> good sometime luck. in the next six weeks, I'll, I'll, I'll come tell back you. To this. <laughs> okay, um, so we're gonna talk today. Uh, here's what hap- Here's what happens to me is we used to have we used to be like here's our topic for the day that yeah. was an era too Speaking that was eras, an era yeah now this era is like we're gonna tell you the story of how we came to the discussion <laughs> that we're talking about today i sheologians is the things i've been thinking about with my friend that's what it yes. is <laughs> yes sorry if we like <laughs> packaged it differently before but that's what it's always been <laughs> 100%. So, yeah, we used to give ourselves 15 minutes at the beginning of the show, (laughs) and we clearly, what little babes we were. (laughs) We definitely have gone through some different times with this podcast, and, uh, you know, here's what I'll say. There's a lot of you listening. (laughs) Actually, I was looking at stats the other day, and um, 
something like over 80% of our 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 listens somewhat is listened from like the episode gets listened to the whole way. Oh like, wow. Like over 80%, which is like you guys are listening to this whole thing. Yeah. Like from start to finish. You're finishing this episode. Um they want to be here with us. Yeah, so they that's get it. Yeah. We found our people. It's we want to be here for some this of you too. Are, some of you get really mad. Like what happens to some people is they think we're on the same page and then like one of us uh-huh. says something that and then they send a really mad email. Mm-hmm. And that is my time to shine, though, because I'm just like, friend, listen, this happens to friends. <laughs> listen, it should happen to friends. You're mad at me. It's fine. Actually, we're going to be good. You and yeah. I. I wasn't wrong. And you are. But I still love you. Friends are wrong. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes people are wrong. <laughs> And I'm not sorry about what I said. Right. But you, you know, we're good. We're going to be okay is what I usually write right. back. You know who you are. It's all 25 of you from the last couple months, actually. So <laughs> you know who you are. Anyway. Sheologians is a club. All of my snodgrasses. almost impossible <laughs> to get kicked out of. Yeah. You have to be a real loser. You really have to uh, pretty not much remove yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you got to leave on your own. You have to hit stop on this. You're so- I can't stop it for you. Nope. Is what's happening so that is the true <laughs> torture but they she email legends. me oh man <laughs> when they when y'all like really feel like you're vibing with us and then we say something you don't agree with y'all email me you're like listen wait they're just like in their car on the freeway and they, <laughs> they just, pull like, over and email <laughs> and it's always sent from my iphone at the end what did joy just say <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean, it's almost never you. I thought we were friends. <laughs> yeah. That's so Seriously, weird. I don't know what that is. You. you are like totally the problem child and I'm the golden child. And I say just as messed up stuff as you. I mean, the thing is, I don't think it's messed up. I say <laughs> messed up. I say messed up in terms of like the the cultural perception, I suppose, is what I mean by that. But I feel like I'm like, why am you I asked not in trouble? If there was a Should crystal I... when you say is there a crystal for the gay, people want it on a t shirt. Yeah. If I said it, it would be like, oh 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 someone needs to talk to her pastor. Like what? Oh please go talk to him. Please. Yeah. <laughs> See what he has to He'll say. He'll also laugh. <laughs> it's already on his t shirt. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, we we sent him one of the first shirts that rolled out. <laughs> anyway, uh, what is this? What is this topic? I have been thinking about this so much. And um, I think my whole point is that we've all actually been thinking about this so much without realizing it. But True. Um, I get I hear from you guys as we've discovered when I'm not being yelled at in the inbox or on the voicemail. uh Usually I I get a lot of questions. Hey, what do you, what would you, what do you think about this? And, and I love that our listeners know they'll be like, Hey, just so you know, like I've already talked to my husband about it. He was fine with you emailing me. <laughs> I get that I one a lot. It. I get that one a lot. Um, or Hey, like I'm not going behind my husband's back. Like, I'm just curious, like what you guys in your church do. Like <laughs> we love that. They know, they know yes. that I'm going to be like, if you haven't talked to your husband or your pastor, don't talk to me. But, um, it's it's great and funny and I appreciate that about all of you. Um but I will get questions that if I were to like strip everything down to the bottom the point the the reason this is a question is because an egalitarian viewpoint of the world has so permeated 
everything to the point that I think even intelligent, well-meaning Christians have blind spots to the ways in which this egalitarianism has infected. That's where I get like it has infected um, their thinking. And if you grew up in the same time that we grew up in, we're in our 30s, uh, particularly, I think, if you went to public school, um, yes. it was just a given that social equality is the height of of human striving. Like, if humans are going to do anything good at all, it is social engineering with the end of social equality. And there's really been no like questioning of that. And what I find is that I think I can't decide if that thinking uh, produces a soft people or it's soft people that produce that thinking. Maybe it's a little bit of both, but it's interesting to me how it requires having an egalitarian view that just everything should be equal. No one should have any different opportunities. Everyone should have the same opportunities. Every viewpoint deserves the same amount of credibility. Every person. Except for one. Right. Let's be honest. (laughs) Um, That ignores not just reality, (laughs) the reality of the world. And I also think it's a completely hypocritical view because no one actually means that. If you take that to its logical end, people would have an absolute hissy fit. But right. what they're actually saying is agree with my version of equality. Yes. <laughs> which would lead to yes. inequality. But we've never even questioned like, oh, you know, well, we grew up saying the Pledge of Allegiance, right? Like one nation under God, indivisible, like everyone's equal. And just like mm-hmm. having this this idea that we're all equal under God. And Did you guys hear this? I know. Summer is against the pledge. Unbelievable. Please write me an You're email. You're getting an email about that for sure. Can you believe people, the pledge, have you guys thought about the pledge? Okay, that's a different topic. Um, <laughs> so. I thought you were a patriot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do love that movie. <laughs> I do. Listen, of all the three-hour-long, the Pledge of Allegiance, Mel Gibson movies, <laughs> of all the three-hour, they really are all. They're long, all three they? hours. He is the hero in every single one. There's lots of blood and battles, and he's the hero every single time. Just FYI, great actor, but wow. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense, and it makes sense that now that there's like affirmative action in Hollywood (laughs) that there's no stories about where a man writes his own story casts himself as the lead can't do that hero and then just like kills a bunch of people and saves his wife just saying I love that story anyway (laughs) um, my favorite version of it that he did was the Patriot (laughs) but uh my favorite Mel my favorite Mel was the patriotic <laughs> Mel. So don't get mad at me about my anti-Pledge of Allegiance stance, okay? Um, so anyway, uh, just the egalitarian viewpoint, I think there's so many different kind of what I would call like infection points, like places oh, yeah. where this has become particularly egregious and also we've been blind to it. Um, and ultimately, 
I think egalitarianism is born from a covetous place that essentially says I deserve everything my neighbor has. Right. Um, I just I want I should be able to have every opportunity my neighbor has. Well, and it's it only goes one way. Oh, yeah. It's coveting that only goes one way because rarely are you going to have someone that has more yeah. looking at someone that has less, less and going, and oh, like, I should I have wish that. I have, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. So there's really oh, no, only no. one trajectory oh, that no, no. it goes. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and so one one way, I'm just going to give an example, and I'm sure you have some as well. The one, one way that I, I hear a lot from you guys from listeners is questions about setting when you set rules for your household or your kids there's this question of uh let's use social media as an example um you know my 12 my 10 12 13 14 whatever daughter wants to have a Facebook account, wants to have right. an Instagram account, wants to get on Twitter, whatever. And I'm not going to let her do that. Uh, we I won't even say TikTok because it's they're just... not allowed on TikTok. <laughs> That's not even, none of y'all even asking me that. None of you that crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever it is, some social media platform. Um, but, you know, I'm not letting her. Um, am I being a hypocrite? Or because I have an Instagram account. Am I being a hypocrite because I have a Twitter account, right. but I'm not allowing my 12-year-old to? And I would say this is an egalitarian infection point. This is a place in which we have so been just like inundated with everything should be equal. No one should have anything that no one else has that we're just not even thinking clearly. Um, it, it should be a given that... And just understood that your children ought to be treated like children. Yeah. Children that you're aiming to to turn into adults, of course. But your right. children are not adults. You are the adult in the relationship. And uh, there are absolutely things that you should be doing that your children ought not be doing. And it, it's wisdom to not allow your kids to be on social media. Right. And it has nothing to do with hypocrisy uh, if you are. It's like, well, you're not being a hypocrite because you drive a car and your 10-year-old doesn't. Right. Like, it really doesn't matter that if you have this sincere belief that, um, you know, you don't want to be a hypocrite and it doesn't matter that your 10-year-old might have a sincere belief that they want to drive. You are the adult. You must say no for their sake. Right. And I think a lot of times in like parenting and motherhood groups, you'll hear these rationalizations of like, well, you know, you don't want to treat your baby X, Y, Z because do you want to be treated that way? And it's like, well, no, no one swaddles me and makes me take a nap in the middle of the day. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't do that to my child. Right. Um, it, we've we've just so have this egalitarian view of what people ought to be allowed to do that we've lost the goodness of hierarchy even in things like parenting. Right. Well, and like maybe maybe the confusion that's happening there is that kids are little hypocrisy meters. <laughs> yeah. Um. And certainly, if you're modeling sin for them, they're going to be like well you don't do that like you're not honest you lie like why wouldn't 
I lie. But yeah. that is not, that's not the same as um, mm-hmm. just, well, mm-hmm. if actually you said the word hierarchy, which means that it's up to you mm-hmm. because you're in authority to model uh, holy and virtuous behavior. Right. To your kids. Yeah. Because that is any biblical example you see of a hierarchy, the person at the top is always going to be the one most responsible for not modeling sin. <laughs> and, uh, and so, um, I don't know. I had a, I guess I had a similar, uh, example that I, it's, they're holding hands. Our examples are holding hands oh, for sure. Okay. Um, but just like child led, um, I guess discipline mm-hmm. of any kind mm-hmm. or um, just even sort of like allowing the kids to make their own way yeah, or the kids to kind of find themselves or figure it uh-huh. out. Um, now I'm certainly not against parents um, mm-hmm. sort of uh, I think parents are really good at anticipating what their kids are like. You are, the number one person that experiences their personality, their, right. their, what they excel at, what they're maybe not so good at. Right. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not saying you can't take all that information. I think a good parent takes all that information and has a very fully formed profile of yeah. each of their kids. Yeah. And I believe this to be true of my friends that have 10, eight, nine, 10 children. Yeah. Um, that's what good parents do. But, um, it's there's a misplaced uh well there is no authority it's all inequality uh but the truth is is that uh a parent knows what's best for Mm. their kids and the kid does not right like when your child is two three four and they don't want to brush their teeth or brush their hair right (laughs) and they're throwing a fit because they don't want to let you do it we're very inclined to say, well, you know, they don't have to do everything they don't like. I am, you know, I can be respectful of that. We can skip the toothbrushing for a night. And it's like every night. Yeah. How many nights? And the thing is, it's not about in that moment. It's not about the brushing of the teeth in that moment. The child is saying, I don't want to do this. And you're saying, well, you have to, cause it's best for you. And the child is saying, I know what's best for me. Mm-hmm. And then if the egalitarian worldview says okay you do you're right you are another person why do i get to force my opinion on you and and it's it's a total it's very delusional um yeah but we what ends up happening is you end up because it's it's delusional and not logically coherent in any way what you end up doing is creating your own personal preferences Mm -hmm. for what you the areas where you would like to be the authority mm-hmm. and then you arbitrarily let them Give figure out the rest other areas. And so then you have this constant, yeah. so it's not about, there is no true egalitarian culture, but what ends up happening is, is you make it very clear through force where you're the authority and, and then you just not. let the kids yeah. do whatever they want everywhere else. Yeah. Um, and what a confusing place to live right like well and i think it was Corey ten boom's father who talked about uh 
you know, like when she was young, I think, I think it was her. I could be messing this up, but just the, so the general idea and it's, it's a truism. Is it the, uh, the you're too little to hold. Yeah. That was Corey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, I think her question was like, why didn't you tell me some of this stuff or why didn't I know about some of this right. horror, th- these horrors? Yeah. And her dad used this example of this suitcase. He was like, you know, if I have this 40 pound piece of luggage, Am I going to ask my seven-year-old daughter to pick it up and carry it? Well, that's a perfect example because it was about she had there was some like like sexuality term, Mm. like something to do with it wasn't like inappropriate. She just saw it and was like, oh, what is that? And his response was like, you're just a little girl. Yeah. You don't need to carry this. You don't need you're you're not fit to carry as a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, whatever, like you're not fit to carry this, this knowledge, this information. This is a, right. it's a, this is a burden. Yeah. Um. And I had that same kind of conversation with one of my daughters a couple of weeks ago where I had watched this documentary and she asked if she could watch it. And I was like, no, I just, I don't, I'm not, I don't think this is, this is not for you. And she's right. like, she wasn't disrespectful at all, but she wanted to understand like why, if it's bad to watch, which is what she came away with. Right. Why are you watching it? Yeah. Which is a fine question. Right. And it wasn't asked in a, you know, way that needed to be fixed. And so I was kind of able to have that discussion of just like, hey, like one of my jobs is to carry that 40 pound suitcase for you until you can. Right. And there are just some things that as your mom and your dad, like we are not going to expect you to carry this knowledge or be exposed to this before, you know, your back can handle it essentially yeah. before your hands can even grip it. Right. It's just not appropriate. Yeah. Um, and I think social media to get back to that is in that vein in some ways where it's just like, no, I don't, I don't expect a 13 year old to drive a car. Uh, I, 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 it would be my responsibility if I put my 13 year old behind the wheel and they wrecked the car. Um, and yeah. it's the same thing with social media. I don't expect you to carry that. I don't expect that responsibility to lay on you. But again, we have such an egalitarian worldview of all things are equal. And, you know, if you get to watch the movie, then I get to watch the movie. And that's not that I really do believe that that creates a blind spot in otherwise very intelligent Christians. Yeah. And wise Christians um, who have a hard time thinking through what should be obvious. And the suitcase is a great example of just a quick visual example of that. Yeah. I'm just thinking about <clears throat> all the kids just like buried under a pile of luggage. Yeah, out there they are <laughs> not you know? necessarily our yeah. listeners, but just yeah, like the I mean, especially like the whole LGBTQIA plus whatever alphabet club is. They're just they're like, open your arms. We have more for you. Yeah. For these young kids. Yeah, and what we and see is what just happens. confusion yeah. and yeah, the the inability to. There's a reason uh, that this hierarchy is set up, and in the way um, it is, and it's to protect yeah those at the bottom. Um, oh, I just said bottom. That's like so offensive, right? <laughs> People are at the bottom <laughs> of the chain. <laughs> Well, that kind of leads into another one I had. I wasn't okay. going to bring up to the end, yeah, but okay. um, just the idea of uh, in marriage, the egalitarian view of 
marriage, which I think even in circles where you would say, no, I'm not egalitarian. (laughs) There are some there are ways in which you likely are, maybe are that you just might not even uh, be aware of. And I think you've been pushing back on this lately. I think in your your phrasing, you consistently phrase things about being on your husband's mission. Yeah. And I think that that just that probably rubs people the wrong way, even if they agree with, uh, I think, what would be a biblical position of headship and marriage and things like yeah. that. Um, and I do, I do understand and probably would agree with some concerns some people legitimately or illegitimately have about, um, you know, do you mean some hypothetical concerns? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know, what's so funny is every time I run into circles where, uh, uh, like where people might be accused of being a part of the patriarchal crowd, the, the wives are always like so busy doing really cool things. Um, being, just like awesome teachers in Christian schools, running co-ops, um, cooking for 50 people. Just, you know, they're not like, not just like slaving away for their family, but like throwing a party, like designing, throwing a dinner party. They're designers. They have really cool. they really have interests and gigs and they are awesome. And kind of what you hear from the outside world is like, oh, they're only allowed to be on their husband's mission. And it's like, I do think that part of a husband's mission is the flourishing of his wife. Like that yeah. is part, if you're married, part, I, I see committed men who like actually desire their wives to flourish. Yes. And I see their wives flourishing in their skills and the things that they're good at all while under the protection of their husband and being cared for. And um, I see that constantly but anyway um i do think just one of the infection points is can you hear joy say things like you know i'm on my husband's mission or you should be on your husband's mission without it giving you the ick you joined his family in a way that he did not join your family does that give you his last name does that give you the ick is it does is that just like I think it just hits so many people in the wrong way and this like what aboutism comes into play um that just doesn't play out in the real world like I think a lot of people want to say that it does um but even just the idea of you know if you talk about submission and marriage what what's the instant reaction is like what about mutual submission and like here's all the ways in which it doesn't mean that and it's like you just that is the feeling that exists there. And so I think my challenge is just, is that ick that you get based in any sort of real world reality? Right. Or is this just a product of the egalitarian worldview that you have been absolutely soaked in? Is there something wrong with this? Is there something unbiblical with this? Or are you importing the wrong? Right. Did are, you do you first have to believe a lie to get you all outraged? Yeah. Like are you believing some do you believe that biblically a man and a woman married to one another are unequal? Right. Like, is that why this is a problem? Like right. wh- and why are you defining equality in the way you are? Yeah. And um like what would you say yeah. the actual definition is? Because mm-hmm. most people 
that is that's just the definition that was handed to us. Yeah. Right. Which is that you have. And I I mean, I think sometimes the conversations we've had about this maybe are a little simplified. And I think in some Mm. ways, the more we talk about it, the the definitions get a little better. The language gets a little better. Um, Just how we even like refer to the way that the Bible talks about men and women. Yeah. And, um, but we have this, like, do your, do your definitions automatically, the ones that just come to mind that like Mm -hmm. live inside of you, Mm -hmm. do they, um, like, does a part of you actually believe that the Bible hates women and wants them to Mm -hmm. just be this like abused, Mm -hmm. weak, subservient, Mm -hmm. um, worthless, like, have you believed that lie first? And that's why you're like jumping. That's why you feel that way when right. you hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's legitimate. It, it that it, It's just something to think through. It's just something I think uh, women should be aware of. And again, I, I just firmly believe that in every, in every situation where I see a group of people, our church would be accused of this for sure, of being quote unquote patriarchal. I see a church full of women that are genuinely happy, smiling about their business, flourishing. Their husbands care to see them cherished and warm and planting where they're grown. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing that I think egalitarianism has totally ruined uh, even for a lot of genuine Christians. Right. It's planted this lie yeah. of bitterness mm-hmm. inside of women yeah. that says like, here's the starting point. You're not equal. Your husband can do whatever he wants and you're supposed to be silent. And what about your mission? Or, right. you know, things like that. Yes. Yeah. What about, are you, how are you going to reach yeah. your potential? So you're saying all you get to do is have kids Ugh. and cook and clean. Right. That's all you get to right. do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Is that it? Anyway. How boring. Ew. (laughs) Boring people are bored, you guys. 100. (laughs) Um, Okay. Oh. Okay. She made a face. Okay. All right. Okay. What's about to happen? Um, Oh, oh, I forgot I had an even worse one. Oh, um, do we'll that. save that one for the end. Okay, great. I look forward. <laughs> um, so I was going to talk about maybe this is a little more um, like in the corners, mm. but that's kind of what I think of. Like you're you're like contagion. You're imagining like a slowly moving um, virus that just like det- destroys the system. So I think of the egalitarian world as like like in the Christian in the Christian life. I think of it as like dust and like cobwebs, oh. like the areas you haven't reached. And then one day you're like, like, why am I coughing all the time? <laughs> and it's, it's like, oh, I haven't dusted my ceiling fans in fan. a full year. And the dust is just hiding up there. Like and every time I turn just, the fan on, yeah. it's just. And it just scatters all over us. And yeah. Um, so that's why I say fans like, this weekend. <laughs> like in the corners, like, yeah, like the little areas that you haven't quite reached and then when you reach back there you're like oh I still have a little bit of that in here (laughs) better clean that out yeah um I was just gonna say uh that women and men have 
little instinct for what's appropriate and inappropriate to talk about now. Okay. I think that, so women want to command attention by being like loud and brash. And that's like what our best imitation of what a man is. Like we, (laughs) you can see what a woman thinks a man is based off of how she pretends to be one. Yeah. And same with, like, you know, we have these dudes out here that are putting on a dress and lipstick and they're like, I'm a woman now. And they talk in a higher voice and, Ugh. you know, and it's just like, is that really what a woman is? Yeah. Or, and same with like, is just like a bunch of like crass jokes and being loud and gross. Is that really very like, what a man is? <laughs> um, uh, and then, so then like, we've like women have really set the temperature on this one for sure, because we're doing our best like, and this is just very cultural. And I really Mm -hmm. think it's like, it seeps in to -hmm. even Christians. We're sort of doing maybe even unintentionally an imitation Mm -hmm. of a man by asserting confidence or trying to be appear intelligent. And like, I just, well, you we've even talked about how like when two men see each other, they do this little thing where they're like, "Could I beat that guy in a fight?" Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's kind of yeah. this like a, this um like when I enter a room, yeah. like I need to be like the dominant. Who who could take me out? Who could I take out? Right. So kind of just this commanding. Even the room. if it's a, just so you know, even if it's a room full of guys, they don't plan on harming. Apparently, men. <laughs> Even if it's like a room full of their friends. Right. They're like, where am you just I have to know. in the pecking order? Right. Yeah. And I think Michael Foster talks about how like men have to like um they pick on each other to see yes. who's the guy that's gonna cave. Right. To know who who, you know, who can I be tough with? Right. Who is tough in here? Yeah. And that's like kind of why they like uh like guys always just like pick on each other. Which my husband would be like, no, we don't. But it's like, you <laughs> hang out with... He wouldn't use that phrase. Even that phrase would be too girly for him. Pick right. on. Right, yeah. They, they they devastatingly insult each other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who can yes. I make... And I, apparently, that's just like a guy thing to see. Like, who who here is tough? You know? Um and, Yes. And uh, there's a... I can a, attest. A brotherhood in that, apparently. Yes. Well, so then, like... I think that's why, um, who was it that mentioned that Peter or pa- Peter made it to the tomb first? You know, the foot race that we have, uh, the, uh, the loser was noted in the Gospels. I mean. Or the fastest, the fastest runner. Yeah. Got there first. It's like a guy wrote this. A True. guy wrote this. He needed y'all to know he made it there first. First. Fastest runner. Anyway. I made it. <laughs> I know you guys didn't ask, but I did win. But I was the fastest of all the men in the foot race. <laughs> um, so I was going to say, like, the extension of that is, like, so we walk in, we're pretending to be guys, and then we simultaneously that demand that women be treated with the same decorum yep. as men. Yeah. And, yeah. And surprise many times we can't handle it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Most um, of the time. Thank you. I mean, thus the creation of the human resources department. <laughs> no joke. 
HR was created by women for women. Yes. Because men and women started working in the same buildings and all of a sudden there were all these social problems. Well, they were like, because for a few decades they worked in the same building and the men were all like, here you go, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. And it was like, do you not take me as seriously as my male counterpart? Yeah. Well, the women were the secretaries and there was, you know. Well, and they were just being respectful. Were they? Some of dehumanizing. (laughs) 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 But yeah, so um, basically I just said. uh, I think it just we've just created a culture where women and men talk about things they shouldn't talk about in general. Um, or that things or things that shouldn't be shared mm-hmm. with the opposite gender. Like we just there's and that that even goes like beyond talking. We share experiences like because we have we have created this yeah. equal meaning across the board of all interactions and all words. Yeah. We've created this culture where like it, it all it's all kind of the same thing mm-hmm. and it's all equally appropriate so it's just as appropriate to be respectfully taken out on a date as it is to like just seek someone for the night and it's like no like there's a big difference between those two things yeah but we have to we are like we have to view those things in the same way because do you hear that clicking in your ear your headphones oh no sorry I think part of it too is that that was what the sexual revolution, what it was this seeking after of egalitarianism and in order for women to have the same amount of opportunities in out in the world, biology has to be suppressed. Birth control has to be a norm. Abortion has to be a norm. So this, this total flattening of gender differences um, because it has required. to be that at the end of every sexual encounter, both of us don't have to be pregnant. Right. Both of us don't have to then. That's an egal- that's egalitarian perversion right. right there. Right. Um. And again, it denies egalitarianism denies reality. In order to reach that egalitarian nirvana, it denies reality. And birth control has been wreaking havoc on women's bodies for decades, and we've totally turned a blind eye to it because we don't want to acknowledge. That men and women do not come away from sexual encounters with the same consequences, the same physical consequences. Well, and biblically, there is no situation where a man abandons the woman that he (laughs) is having a child with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's so you know that's a different conversation. But everyone always wants to yeah uh, compare yeah our current egalitarian equal culture with the Bible right. as this oppressive thing. And it's like the system you created, like you, you caught, you created a problem mm. <laughs> so that you could then right. solve it. Right. Um, this problem doesn't exist with the Bible. Now are people sinners and they do the wrong thing? Right. Yes. But the egalitarian world is, is the world that, um, assumes the wrong thing the bible assumes right. that right if 
if that were to happen and there was a man and a woman who were not married were going to be having a child, it assumes a certain hierarchy would instantly be in place. Right. They would do the right thing. Right. That's not a problem. No. The egalitarians created the problem when they right. want all they want all uh, parties to be able to walk away from this thing that you're not supposed to walk away from. Right. You don't get to have sex with a bunch of people and then walk no, away. Consequence free. <laughs> That's also a lie. Um, I'm ready for your. I had one more, but it's boring. So what was this weird one that oh, you man. had? Because I actually have just been waiting for. Oh. She um, made a face. I don't know if anyone, maybe okay. this will just be one of those things that people don't um, have a problem with as much as I, it's like one of those things that so, sometimes when we say something so extreme, <laughs> yes, people are like, oh yeah, I just believe that already. <laughs> Some people are. <laughs> oh, I know. Totally. Know. It's fine. You'll um, say it. I'll get the email because I said it. <laughs> You said it wrong. They're like, I heard it come out of Summer's I know mouth. Joy said that, but honestly, Summer. But you very much agreed with her. So what's your excuse so, for that? Do you have a response? I'm ready. Here's what I'm about to say. And go. Okay. I'm just going to kind of read this as I wrote it and oh. we can fill it in. Okay. Um, we believe that women are just as validated by like creating a career mm. as they would be mm. managing mm. a home. Yeah. Now this is not, I'm actually really not referring to women who don't have husbands and children. That's not who I'm referring to. Women, pe- women that ha- don't have husbands and children that want them, I think mm. maybe even above all mm. understand the value. Mm. Like if that's what they desire, they actually really do understand the value. So I'm not talking about women that aren't married and don't have kids and have a career because that's where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um because I know women that very much understand the fulfillment that they would receive from running a household because that's, that's like they the want. number one thing they want. Yeah. Yeah. But so I'm just and, you know, there is also there I'm I'm bringing up the, the female version of this, but there is a male version of this, which is that a man is just as validated by running around and having a bunch of partners as he would settling down and mm-hmm. having kids with one woman like Mm -hmm. again this is sort of that it's this like level playing field like we all we all make choices and whatever choices we pick are the best choices for us and um and then we have to Hmm. uh you you are you're forced to believe that just because you don't have something that you want Mm. that you can Mm -hmm. or or you're rejecting something um, in the name of I don't know I guess like kicking up against the mm-hmm. the uh, um, social gender mm-hmm. norms you're like oh I'm such a revolutionary uh, see look at me I am just as validated by my life of yeah. promiscuity and mm-hmm. and I'm a GM it's and not, look at me it's not true 
It's not true. Right. It's just not true. I, you know, I see the videos that you're talking about, pe- women online. Hey, I just want to let you know what life looks like for, you know, I chose to be childless and I chose not to get married. And, you know, you see the videos of, you know, I was deeply in love with my boyfriend, but he wanted to get married and have babies and I didn't. So we had to break up and they will make like beautiful moving videos yeah. of like the slow motion breakup because their boyfriend wanted to commit and start a family and they didn't. And they'll tell you how much they don't regret it. And um, I, I'm sure that many of them don't currently regret it. And they mean what they're saying. I'm not saying they're liars. Right. I think it's a poor choice, but I'm not, I, I'm sure that there are many women that don't regret it. But I think there's va- the vast majority of women who do make it to an older age alone childless they're realizing they're not going to have kids um they absolutely regret it right they absolutely regret it and i was actually talking to a professional the other day professional like top of her cream of the crop okay like (laughs) if you're gonna go into this field she's reached the top right and she was almost like apologetic talking to me and what she didn't really say but was saying was like, yeah, you know, here I am. Um, I didn't actually think I would be here. I didn't actually want to be here. And um, I hope I still have time to have kids. Right. And it wasn't that she's been unfaithful. It's just like the Lord hasn't brought her husband along. And so it was like, well, I'm going to keep working and being faithful where I've been put. And, you know, she's really good at it. And so she just kept going up and up and up and up. And it just kept going. And, um, you know, she's very obviously skilled in this area. And, you know, I kind of just read between the lines <laughs> and I was like, hey, so um, there's still time. Yeah. <laughs> it's There is still time. Right. There will come a point where there's not. But there's still time and it's, yeah. it's not over. And the Lord is faithful and you never know what's right around the bend. Yeah. Um, but there was definite just like. Yeah, like I didn't expect this. This wasn't like I want to get married. I, I didn't do that. I, I want to have There was no trade off. Like I wanted it one way. But this is how it's gone. Right. And I know there's a lot of women in that situation and you should be faithful where you've been planted, but there's pain in that. And I think we ignore, we yeah. totally ignore. We call, you know, oh, it's the quote unquote, the gift of celibacy. And sometimes when people are like feeling guilty, like, oh, you know, you know, I've just been called to this. And I'm like, does it feel like a gift to you? Are right. you feeling like, oh, I love this thing? Yeah. And they're like, well, no, I hate it. And I'm like, maybe you don't have the gift. Right. Maybe it is not the gift that you've been. Maybe this isn't a gift. Maybe right. this is a time of, you know, where you have to learn to be content in a situation that is not a gift to right. you. But in that moment, you're not saying this is just as good as like what I have is just as good as what I want because then you wouldn't want it. Right. And so what you're doing, and I know this, <laughs> I know you're doing this. You're punishing yourself for wanting something. Yeah. You don't need to punish yourself for good, holy desires. Like yeah. that's not, that's God not, does not require you to feel no. bad because you want something good. Now right. you can sin in your discontent. You can yes. sin in bitterness. You can sin in your dissatisfaction, but you should want good and godly things. It's not sinful to desire marriage and children. Right. And you're not in sin if that's your desire and you don't have it. 
it's good to desire good things. Yeah. It's a natural thing to desire. The question is, what are you doing with that desire? Yeah. Well, and a, a lot of the, I feel like a lot of the women I personally know that are in this situation um, are tending a household in some way and serving a ton and they're faithful to tithe and they're faithful to ask people what they need and faithful to show up and faithful to hold your child and faithful to, um, you know, just try to uh, participate yeah. in within the church in yeah. in the ways that they can. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess my thing is like, if, if you want to be married, don't punish yourself into believing that like marriage is not what you want and it's not a good thing and having children is not a good wonderful thing right um but i think that we use that egalitarian like oh well i can be just as fulfilled in these things and it's like well but what do you think you are most fulfilled in obviously you think it's one over the other because one of them you desire and the other one you have contentedly embraced but like there's and both of those things are good right but um i don't know so yeah i don't want to be well, I want to be offensive to the right people, but I don't want to be offensive to the people I don't want to be offensive to. <laughs> Hopefully that makes sense. I think I understood. Yeah, right? Yeah. No, I think that, no, it, it made perfect sense. And it, I definitely think it was, it should be, that one should be on the list for sure. Yeah. So, um, was that the last one on your list? I had one more, but it's a little, it's okay. a wild card. Oh, well, I was just saying... Save it for a rainy day. I know. Do we have a conversation about... Oh. Mm. Mm. Well, here, let me just tease it. Uh, okay. And you can tell me what you think. So I think there was a time... This, like, falls a little bit past the egalitarian... Falls off the cliff a little bit <laughs> into whatever's coming next. <laughs> just total deconstruction, maybe. Um... So there was a time where we would say that like women just want to be men and now, and that has like pushed this effeminate uh, plague upon men to where like the roles have kind of reversed and they, men have become effeminate and are more like women. But now I don't, maybe if you noticed this trend, I feel like men are becoming more like women and women are becoming more non-human they're like pushing past this they want to be like Mm -hmm. nothing yeah it's it's Mm -hmm. feminism is not becoming about like the equality between men and women it's becoming Mm -hmm. about a neutrality between Mm -hmm. everything yeah so put that in your pocket i know exactly (laughs) what this topic is hold on here's my topic idea note and Yep. Okay. If you liked what I just said, we will have an episode on it. <laughs> I have so many thoughts on transhumanism, uh, which is exactly where I mean, that's that like going. the furthest extension yeah. of egalitarian, though it doesn't quite fit the definition. Well, the it's... logical conclusion of egalitarianism is like no distinctions whatsoever. Right. We're all just, quote unquote, whatever a human is. Right. Which is 
a loose definition at that point. But even then, yeah, because a human because is there's no such a thing male as just a, a human. So you've already <laughs> right. gotten rid so of that. Have, yep. So it leads to exactly you have to be an alien. You, yeah. Basically, what a is, non-human. What human. is a human? How right. do you yeah move past it? So if you think and they say women don't have power, I know. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, well, you can leave us a voicemail. Let us know what egalitarian infection points we missed at 470-465-0475. And we will see you all next week. See ya. See ya.